Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Mindful Minute. I am so excited to share today's interview with you. Now, if you've been listening for a while, I know you know I love a good deck of oracle cards animal spirit cards, divination cards, yantra cards, archetype cards. I must own probably 20 different decks. The first episode I ever did on working with oracle cards as part of a meditation practice is still one of my most popular episodes. So today I am thrilled to share an interview with you. This interview is with tarot and oracle card creator MJ Cullinane. MJ has created numerous magical and beautiful decks. I currently own two of her decks, the Urban Crow Oracle and the Roar Oracle. Both are stunning, wise, and a total delight to use. You'll hear us talk about both decks in some detail. And, you know, more than anything, MJ herself is a complete delight to talk to. I had so much fun with this interview. I hope y'all enjoy listening to it. You'll have to forgive us because this interview was done in the height of pollen season, so we're both a little loopy from our allergies. I also will give warning to anybody listening with young kids in the car. There are just a few curse words that pop up in this particular episode, so just beware if you have young ears listening. Otherwise, we're going to dive into this conversation. It is exploring creativity, mindfulness, a little bit of magic, and a whole lot of fun. I hope you all enjoy. So MJ, I'd love for you just to tell us a little bit about um, who, who are you in the world? Like, what do you spend your days doing? Oh my God. Tell us, just give us a little <laughs> background on you. <laughs> Um, I am an artist. I'm a, you know, I mean, obviously you guys know that I'm a tarot and oracle deck artist. I started doing this fall of 2017. Uh, it came out like this was just a, a random thing. I sent out an angry letter to the universe because I was going through a very difficult time and I was just so frustrated with everything going on. I, I mean, I, I quit my day job. In a, at a software company where I was making a, a decent salary, you know, I'm a single mom. And I had this like idea that I was going to quit this job and become an artist. And then I would just make the same amount of money, be able to survive. And it was good for like the first couple months. And I had a lot of good press and things were really great. And this is totally not tarot uh, related. This is jewelry related. And so long story short is after a year, it was really bad. I mean, like, I mean, like bad, bad, bad. And I sent this, like, you know, like how, when you are 
when you feel something, right? And you can feel it in your heart. You can feel like you can feel all your chakras sort of just like vibrate. Um, and sometimes you you emit positive loving energy, right? Well, I sent out this call to the universe that was like, what are you doing? Why did you mess me up? What is going on? I need something to happen. Like it was like, it was one of those, like something's got to give moments, you know? And it was not, a, it, it was like a cry for help, basically, you know, like I just felt like I was completely abandoned. And what I got was this image in my head of the crow tarot and all the cards just started coming in my head. And it was like, I got a download. It was just the most crazy thing. And I didn't know why I was getting this. All I knew was like, I should just make this. And then I thought, well, I'll just sell them as prints, right? Like I wasn't thinking at that time necessarily about making a deck. I was thinking like, I'd like to have a deck that I can learn tarot from because it would help me learn, you know, because I, I, I have a hard time reading a book and absorbing information. Um, I can draw a picture or do something. And I'm like, Oh, that totally makes sense. Like I get that, you know, like I understand the meaning of this or I understand the energy of this. And so I just created the deck, not really thinking that anything was going to come from it. It was just like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing. And something is driving me in this direction. I'm not sure what, but I had faith. I was like, I mean, literally I was the fool here, you know, in that tarot deck. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. And it, it was like magic is the only way I can tell you. I mean, like it was so life-changing and so many ways. Like, I mean, like, I'm so grateful. It's like, I I can't begin to express how, how much gratitude I have for just that information that I got. And then for the response from the people who supported the Crow Tarot. So the reason why you have like that, the Urban Crow and the Roar Oracle and my other decks is because of that moment. Like, because I had that, oh my God, what's going on universe? You guys really effed me up, you know? <laughs> and I mean, that's, that's why I'm here. That's who I am. Right. I mean, um, and I think when you look at my cards, if you look at my, my decks, I do focus a lot of energy on helping people with the shadow, helping people, you know, connect with the darker energy, not, not dark being like bad energy, but it's like stuff you've got to kind of work out. Otherwise it, it just keeps you down or it keeps you in a place where you're not moving forward. So you know what I mean? Like if we have um, similar patterns or behaviors that just keep hosing us, you know, or if we don't acknowledge like our, our shame triggers, right. We just end up going back down these, these spirals and then nothing gets resolved. So you'll find like in my decks, like the, um, the urban crow Oracle, there's a lot of shadowy cards in there. Like, you know, we feel wrath. Like if you don't, you, every once in a while, you're going to feel this emotion of wrath. I mean, if, um, if somebody hurt your child or if, or if your child did something crazy, you know, like, it's like, you feel that energy inside. And so my goal with that deck and with the other decks is to help people kind of process all emotions from happy, peaceful, yay, life is great to oh my God, I have to deal with something that's really stressful. And the emotions that are coming up are not what like, you know, are not super happy, chipper, positive ones. Does that make sense? It makes total sense to me. And, you know, one of the things that I think is really interesting about working with really any type of Oracle deck is 
in so many of the sort of archetypal meanings that these cards hold, there's paradox. It's always both and. It's never just the light or just the dark. It is both and. And what, and I feel, and you know, where it particularly jumped out for me in truth is the Roar Oracle, which mm-hmm. is so interesting. So if you haven't, for listeners that haven't seen it yet, the Roar, our Roar Oracle is all these amazing, iconic women. And as I was going through it and just like looking at the cards and reading the little captions that you wrote, I was seeing each woman as her own paradoxical archetype. Right, each one stands on its own in light and dark, holds both. And there was just no way you wouldn't resonate with every single card. It was incredible to me that that, that could happen with, I'm not sure how many women total are in the deck. How many is it? 54. 54 women. And there's a piece of them, a piece of all 54 women within me, within everybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever you pull one of the cards from the Roar deck, there's always something in there that I go, oh, you're right. You know, I mean, like, even like when you think about like, I mean, like iconic people like Audrey Hepburn, where like, I mean, like I like looking at me, I'm like, I have nothing in common with Audrey Hepburn, but I do in that we all have that capability of seeing the world from a place of compassion and opening our heart up to experiences that may be off-putting or maybe scary, you know, or um, people who we might initially go, oh, I don't want to hang out with you. But if you open up your heart, like all these wonderful things happen. I mean, she really is like in tarot, like she is the ace of cups. Like she is just that connection between divine energy in here on the earth, you know, like she, I think encapsulates that, that that persona, that the beauty, you know, that comes from within. And we all have that, you know, like we all have that beauty within. Um, as I tell my daughter, I'm like, you know, you're really beautiful on the outside, but more importantly, you're beautiful on the inside. And that's what people see. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's with that roar deck. By the way, I don't know. Do you, did you ever see 30 Rock? You know the show 30 Rock? I love 30 okay, Rock. So I love that show. When you were saying Roar Oracle, I was like, oh my God, you know what? It's like the Roar Juror. <laughs> That is amazing. The rural juror. That is amazing. The rural juror. <laughs> it's the roar oracle. <laughs> so funny. I wasn't thinking of that. I wasn't like I was just thinking like roar. You know, like like just that that passion that you have within when you're when you're just so over. You know, like being mansplained when you're so over, you know, like that boss passing you up for a promotion because his buddy down the hall, you know, prefers to drink the same whiskey that he does, you know, like that kind of mentality where you just want to like, you know, go into your office, slam the door and roar. That's what I was thinking of with that deck. I'm like, just letting that visceral emotion out where you're just like, just want to scream. And when, when RGB died and, um, uh, RB, oh my God, RBG, like my brain, when uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died, um, I was thinking, I don't know. I was thinking of the, the rapper anyway. Um, when she died, that was in itself very inspiring as a woman to create something to honor her. You know, like I wanted to be like, we can't forget Ruth. And then 
like, so this is kind of like this roar deck was kind of percolating. And then when he, he filled her seat after she had asked him not to, like after what happened with Merrick Garland, I was like, oh, oh my, no. And that's really like where this, I mean, like the energy there in this deck, I, I, I really hope that when you and when other people who have this deck hold the cards, they feel the energy that each of those women had, you know, like the, like the power that they held, you know, and that they're not forgotten. I think that's also, it's like all these women who we weren't taught in school. And I just think, oh my God, what if they, what if their accomplishments go forgotten? You know, I mean, like how crappy would that be? <laughs> what an incredible, I love knowing the story behind it makes me love the deck even more. I mean, I was so drawn to it because of the imagery, because of what it stood for, but knowing the story behind it, like I can absolutely feel the energy behind that. I love that. So powerful to work with. I really wanted this deck to kind of go through all different kinds of women, all different time periods from science to art to woo-woo-ness, you know, um, like from like the Fox sisters, like every woman in here made an impact. Not every woman in here did something where you go, well, I should do that. You know, like the Fox sisters pretty much fooled people into believing that they were communicating with ghosts and, you know, like they, they, they sparked a whole spiritual movement on their own by doing that. And so in that respect, it's kind of amazing. I mean, by the way, these girls were 11 and 14 when they, when they started doing this 11 and 14. And so, yes, like, I think, like, I think I put it in there in this, in the booklet that every one of these women changed history in some way. Every single one of these women have, they have qualities that we should all admire and that they're, they're strong and they're outspoken and they really live their lives like true to themselves, but not every one of them it was perfect. You know, like none of us are perfect. Right. So like Boudicca killed a lot of people. I mean, men, women, children, you know, I mean, she was, she was avenging her daughters and, you know, you got to respect that as any, like, I mean, anybody hurt my kiddo. I mean, yeah, I, you know, I can, I could feel a bit of Boudicca energy coming out, but I think, um, each of the, I'm like, I'm just kind of going through, I'm sorry. Like I'm looking at these women, I'm like each one of them, like, I love her, like her story. Um, this is uh, Gertrude Ederl. She, she's, she's the first woman to swim the um, English channel. And she swam through like this, like jellyfish, like swarms of jelly. She was stung repeatedly during her trip. She saw sharks and this woman was just so determined in like, I mean, if you think about swimming like a lap in a pool, right? I mean, now multiply that by what, like 500 <laughs> or whatever the, I mean, and then doing it with jellyfish and other elements and just having that perseverance. Like I think about her when I'm bitching about finishing a task, you know, or I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can do another step or I don't know if I can, you know, like do this for another minute. I just think like, man, this lady literally swam and just kept focused, you know? And I think that's when I see her card come up, it's like, 
I just have to remember that I have that strength inside and you have that strength inside and everybody has that strength inside to go that extra mile, you know, when we feel like we can't. So yeah, I just, this was such a lot of fun. This, this whole deck was just a lot of fun. And there I can, I'm going to do an expansion pack because there are so many women across history that I had to cut it off at 54. And now you're working on a tarot deck, correct? That like an all feminine tarot deck, is that right? Yes. So tell us yes. about this. I want to for Hoxa. For Hoxa. So I want to know a about this deck, but also I really want to know. Talk to us about a, an idea for a deck landing in your brain. Like, how did this come to be? Oh my god. Okay. The only way I can describe it is sometimes I get ideas that fly into my brain. I think like the crows deliver them. They fly into my brain. And if I don't act on it right away, I lose it. Like I just lose that momentum. I lose the idea or that spark that made it special. Right. So for Hux, it's like things just pop in my head. However, I'm not sure how it happens, but it just sort of, sometimes it's in a dream. Sometimes when I'm just like walking, like I take Layla for walks and like, I'll notice things and it'll be like, oh, I wonder if there were fairies, but they live in this like little tree hole, like, you know, like things like that. Does that sound weird? I know it's weird. No, it doesn't at all. But so like, that's how ideas will come in. And then I'll, I'll, I'll explore it in my head. So I create a story. And so in my head with the deck, I'm like, well, what would be the story? So before I even started making the artwork, I thought about the people or the creatures or the fairies or whatever in that deck. So and I think about like, well, what would the fool be like? So we start off with the fool, you know, like what's their journey like and who would they encounter and what's the devil like in this card? What's, you know, who's the, you know, who's the empress? What's her deal? And so I kind of construct in my mind, like a little story about the card and kind of like how you see a movie trailer. I get like a movie trailer in my head for what I want this deck to kind of look like. So with Farhaksa, that means it means the word is Swedish and it means um, bedeviled or to enchant, to cast a spell or to put a curse on. And so I live in a very like Scandinavian part of Ballard. And so that's kind of like a nod to that. But I've always loved the word Farhaksa because it, it sounds magical, you know, like just saying it sounds magical, Farhaksa. Um, so this deck is, I, I wanted to create a fairy or an, an other dimension, other world deck, not necessarily, they're not necessarily fairies. Um, they're other world creatures. And I want it to be all women. I wanted to, one of the things I noticed like with the traditional tarot is it's very patriarchal. I mean, we have the emperor, right? We all have to, you know, get our permission from the emperor or face the emperor. The hierophant is, is a man, you know, it's like, and so instead of using men in this deck what i'm doing is like for the emperor it's the um, council of monarchs so it's all of the elements the leaders of all the elements serve as the council of monarchs and you have to reach that balance you have to find balance between all of the elements and then the hierophant is the tree and i this is um and this is the tree is based on um, Nordic mythology and where there's a tree that connects all of the worlds. So I thought with the Hierophant, you gain knowledge from all these different worlds. So if your tree had all these roots that could 
tap into the universe and tap into different dimensions, how cool would that be? Think about how wise that tree would be. And so instead of it being like a a priest, you know, it would be this tree that you would go and um, I don't know about you, but like sometimes if you if I put my hand on a tree, I can feel like an energy to it. And it's like, you know, it's like, it's like a nice, peaceful energy. So that's what my thought was with the Hierophant. You happened to post a picture, an image of the Hierophant as you were working on that card. Mm-hmm. And it stopped me in my tracks because um, it's stunning. And I had had a dream a month, six months before you posted that image that I was flying, I'm flying down a road and all along the road on both sides are trees. And I can see both the trunk and the tree above the road and the roots below the, there's nothing below the road except for roots. That was your dream? This was my dream. And I was like, I I don't know what this dream means. And I love dreams. I journal all my dreams. I pay attention to my dreams. I'm like, what does this dream mean? What, why was there nothing except roots? There was no like earth under there. It was just exposed It was just a tree with roots. And then I saw this image and I was like, well, I got to buy this deck. It's going to explain my dream. Oh my God. That is a cool dream. It was a super cool dream. Uh, And you recall it. So it's like, it was a while ago and you recall it. So Dreams like that, I think, are really significant. Um, when I can recall a dream, and it's very, it feels very real. Like, I almost wonder, like, did you slip into a different dimension? Yes. <laughs> you know, like, was this experience a real experience um, that you're out of, like, an outer body experience? You know what I mean? Like, um, not to get down like a, a total woo-woo path here, but I, you know, like, I, sometimes I wonder, you know, like, if we are in a dimension where we can slip into other dimensions and that's where like I mean I once had a dream that um I was swimming with an orca I mean I've never swam with an orca but I still can see this orca I am like I'm still like I remember this as though it was a real experience um so I'm like maybe in a different dimension I got to do that maybe a different Margo you know absolutely Um, you know so maybe in your other dream you were flying which is the best Oh my God. I know, and I never fly in dreams. It was it was a totally unusual dream for me. I mean, so often I have dreams that have elements that are very, very similar. There's themes that run through my mm-hmm. dreams, but this was a dream unto itself for sure. And you you somehow captured it in an image. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. But did you, like when you're, like, do you think like, were you, was it like a lucid dream? Or did you go like, oh, hey, I'm flying? No, it was not a lucid dream. Uh, I was not... I was not consciously aware of it, but it was one of those dreams where you wake up and remember every detail of it. You know, I mean, I have I have worked quite a while with dreams in terms of journaling, and mm-hmm. often my journal is like catching wisps of memories. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, there is a crystal clear, sharp as day dream that feels completely real, just like you talked about. Uh, yeah. And this was one of those dreams. I mean, those are. Those are the best. Yeah. Do you have a um, a meditation practice or, or a, a mindfulness practice of some sort that you call your own as part of your like coming into presence? I, you know, I have to say I used to be better about meditation every morning and I would start my day. And I, I feel like with COVID, like our lives just got so upended that now I think my meditation is more 
when I take Layla in the morning, you know, I wake up, take her out at seven in the morning Mm -hmm. and we go for a walk and there I try to clear my head. The other thing I do. So I don't know if I, I, I guess it is a practice. I just, because it's so routine, I don't think of it that way. I try to take time when I'm walking her to appreciate the beauty that is all around me. And that we live in a city, but I mean, the, the flowers and the gardens and the trees that are within my neighborhood, they're amazing. Like people really take a great deal of pride in building these big, beautiful gardens in front of their house or flower beds and things like that. And our flowers just grow. Like we have roses that bloom all year. So it's really nice, but you know, like I'll, I'll stop. And I'm probably like, people probably look at me like I'm a wackadoodle, but like, I'm like, look at that tree. Look at that bark. <laughs> that bark looks really interesting today. So I think if like talk about like mindfulness, that is really like, for me, that's how I kind of snap back or I kind of like take a, a moment to just live in that, that moment to be appreciative of this time, you know? And then I, then I come back and I'm like, oh my God, got to get river breakfast. I got to, you know, do all this other stuff. But, and then we, like when I do take her, so I take Layla for a walk at least three times a day. And when I do that, that in itself is my meditation, but I used to pre Layla be able to like wake up in the morning, relax by my center, you know, you know, do my, my, um, my gratitude journal, you know, write for a little bit, um, you know, and you, the way you talk about it, it's like such a beautiful synopsis of, I think what so many of us go through in our own meditation practices, which is that they're cycles. And sometimes our cycles are so spacious and lovely, and we have lots of time for inquiry and self-reflection And sometimes our mindfulness is truly two minutes of connecting in nature and feeling your feet on the earth and feeling the breeze on your skin. And then you're back in the swing of things. Yeah. Or, you know, um, this week is, this is just kind of a tough week because I'm getting all these treasure boxes out. Um, So I haven't had a time to create, but that's the other thing. Like when I need to detach from everything and every, like, just like, I need to kind of like recharge my spirit, I will draw, like I draw and like, I'm working on this deck. And that to me is like, I can get lost in it and I can work on a card for hours. Like there are days where like, thankfully my child is at that age where she can get her own food, um, where I will just work and I don't move. I just do that. And I just get into this like flow. And I find that to be very meditative. It's not mindfulness. That's, it's totally different. I mean, this is where I lose myself, you know, but when I, when I'm done, I feel recharged. I feel like, I I feel like, um, I was able to travel somewhere, you know, else. Does that make sense? It, It absolutely makes sense. And I'm curious, will you tell us a little bit about about your art, about the medium. So you draw all these images. I was wondering if it was all digital or if it's on paper or paint, what is it? So I have this pen and this pen is like a magical pen because it can be a paintbrush, it can be a pen, it can be a piece of chalk. It can basically um, emulate anything that I want it to, to be. What I do, so I have this like tablet here that, and then, um, there are paint brushes. And so I'm just going to like, I pick different colors. So here, like these hands, this hand is um, like 
hands like uh, from a photograph that I took, but I then painted over them using different um, brushes. Oh, amazing. Okay. So for my listeners who aren't getting to see this stunningness, this is like an electronic tablet. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. It's a Wacom, it's a Wacom board, but unlike working on a canvas where then I'd have to like wait for it to dry and then gesso over it or whatever, this, I can just hit undo. (laughs) That is so incredible. Yeah. It's like, it's really neat in that I can just create whatever image I want and then work on it until like I'm happy or be like, all right, well, I just want to scrap this. And then I didn't lose any materials, you know, like, yeah. And it somehow, it somehow conveys so much texture. I mean, that's one of the things I really enjoy about the art in the, um, I have the urban crow Oracle in front of me and like the image, which I can't remember what the card is called, but it's also on the cover of the booklet. I mean this, oh my gosh, this image it's like it jumps off the page in color, in texture, in feeling. It's incredible. And I, I think I you can get that because I, I actually I have one of those too. Um, because there are so many different layers, like on this card, each element is a different layer. So like that heart, that heart has, I think, three different layers on it between like the outline the color, the shading. So everything is layered on there. And then I can add shadowing to the layers. And so that's when I, when you hold one of my cards, that's what I want. I want you to feel like, like, especially like, like with hurt, like I want you to feel like you can like almost like get a, a, a sense for what that water would feel like, you know, or just all the different textures. Yeah. I mean, like that's, that's how I make my art anyway. I mean, even when I was doing it on canvas and I was doing mixed media, I still layered and did different papers, different, you know, textures, different elements. Um, now I just do all those things on a computer and I still draw. I mean, like I still paint, but I love, I love having the flexibility of just painting whenever I want and not going like, Oh God, you know, what? I'm out of this paint, this color, I need to run to the art store, you know, like, it's really nice to have everything digitized so that I don't have, I don't have to um, make any trips. Yes. So will you tell us that listeners know, I love working with decks. I work with the deck in my meditation practice basically every day. How do you work with your decks? What do you do? Oh, I talk with them. Like they are like my advisory board. They are, um, you know, it's like, when I'm particularly stressed out or if I'm just like, tr- like trying to figure out what to do next, I, I treat my deck like a conversation. Like I'm, I I'm meeting with a friend, you know, that's how, and that's how I tell people like, there's no wrong way to use a deck. There's no right way. The way I like to use it is like, especially like with the roar deck, it's like, or you know, like the crow deck. I'm like, and I'll tell you, my crow decks are brutally honest. I, there, there are times where I'm like, oh, Really? Like, and you already know the answer. Most of the time with this stuff, you already know deep down what you should do, you know, or what you shouldn't do, or, you know, like, or where your problem sits. But having that card come up and tell you to your face, it's just like, oh. So what I do is like, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll say, hey guys, what's going on? What's happening? You know, I am feeling very lost, you know, where I'm feeling very just, 
out of sorts, you know, talk with me. And so sometimes I pull three cards and I have them tell me a story, you know? So I'm like, just tell me a story. What do you have to tell me? And so I'll be like, oh, like, so Nor, hey, how's it going? You know, like, and her card's all about loyalty and being true to who you are. I mean, like they all are true, but she really stood by her word to be um, faithful to her, to her fellow um, soldiers and her, um, her country. And she was betrayed, right? So she was betrayed by somebody in her team. Um, so she might be like, Hey, you know, like, are you betraying yourself? What's going on? You know, like that kind of thing. And I'll sit with that and I'll sit with her for a while and I'll look at her and I'll, I'll leave her out, you know, like on my desk and, it may not be right away that the thing pops into my head. Sometimes I think my higher self is like off to lunch or something and it will be while I'm thinking about her while I'm taking Layla for a walk while I'm in the shower, she's still with me. You know, like when you pull these cards, they're still with you. It's not like you put them back in the deck and they go away. Like I figure like until I learn whatever it is or until I get that message, she's still floating around. So it may be, you know, like an hour later where I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. I totally did like betray who I am here. Or I really, you know, did let this person kind of screw me over and I should have, you know, been a little bit more aware, you know, of the situation as a whole, or, you know, yeah, I'm, I am, you know, if somebody asked me to keep a secret, I'm not going to tell that secret, you know, like something like that, you know, where it's just like, yeah, I don't need to do that. You know, like that kind of thing. So, and then, and then she can just go away, you know, and she can go back to where she can go back to helping somebody else. So, you know, she's a busy lady, but you know what I mean? Like, that's how I use my decks. And then for the tarot decks, that's a whole different thing. Like how I use tarot is very different than how I use the Oracle decks. The Oracle decks are more, um, I feel like for me anyway, doing like a one or three card is, is like a a good way to kind of get a feel, you know, for what's going on. Tarot decks for me are more, I think they're just, they dive in a little deeper. So let, if you would be willing to do it, let's think about having a second conversation when your four Hoxa deck is out in the world and ready Cause I, so I will tell you, I have never used tarot. It, I find it to be complex and I like a one to three card spread and, and I'm absolutely getting your deck because the imagery is stunning and I want to play with it. And so maybe you can talk us through, like, if we're learning how to use tarot, would you want to do that? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, and I mean, um, I started with, or I think Oracle decks are, I, they're like the gateway drug. Yes. <laughs> to tarot. Yes. Um, cause I started with with Oracle cards way back when, like long before all of this. And I had, you know, I would get tarot card readings, but they always seemed so mystical and like this knowledge that this person that you know possessed. I think that was why when I, when I wanted to learn how to do tarot, it's, it was like, I need to draw these cards because there's so much information. Each energy is so pronounced in each of the cards where there's a lot of wiggle room with, you know, with Oracle decks, 
there isn't so much wiggle room with tarot. Like the fool is going to be the fool regardless of the deck that you're using, right? That energy is going to be there. You know, the high priestess energy is going to be the same. Whereas with an Oracle deck, my Oracle deck might have, you know, um, abundance and battle and whatever, you know, it's like, or it might have women in it who represent a particular emotion or energy. It's not specific. So there's a lot more to learn with tarot, but I think that's what, I think that's why I like making tarot decks so, so much because it, it is almost structured. I can't wait to explore that. It does. It makes a lot of sense. So I opened the urban crow Oracle. So excited, sat down, shuffled the cards, touched every single one, make sure it was like my energy. And I had just put a new meditation app out into the world that I had been working on for a year. So I had just put it out and I'm like feeling like I need to celebrate. I'm so excited to share this with the world. And I get this deck. I'm so excited it arrived. I'm shuffling it. Talk about brutally honest. The first card that I drew was exposed. And I was like, Damn it! If this isn't true, that's exactly you how feel I vulnerable? feel. And yes, yeah. so uh, and it was it was almost surprising how much so. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've had a podcast for five years, putting meditations out into the world. So it didn't, I didn't think it would feel different. And yet, because it was a new creative endeavor, and you know, it it was a new offering that I was putting on the world. It's exactly what I felt was vulnerable. And that card, I was like, yep, that's exactly what I was feeling. Do you think that, I mean, like when, when that happens, like, I feel like that's like a, a signal of like a block, you know, like, because if you feel exposed, you're like, Ooh, I don't know if this is a safe place for me to be, you know? And then that's like, that's where your ego, I think, comes in. And it's just like, oh, we must protect her now, you know? And it, yes. it kind of prevents, um, you know, trying new things or putting yourself out there because there's that fear. And so like with that exposed card, that's what I'm talking about, like with having um, not every card being like gifts and luck and abundance. Um, I wanted cards there that would help people and to show, and, and, like show a mirror, you know, like, oh my God, if you're feeling this way, um, you know, evaluate like why, you know, like, I, I don't know. Do you like, as a woman, do you feel like, um, like imposter syndrome? Cause I know I have imposter oh, syndrome. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait, wait, who do I think I am? You know, <laughs> and, uh, to, to do this or, you know, like just that, that whole thing, I think keeps us back. And so with exposed, I think it challenges us to kind of push our boundaries a little bit and be like, wait, am I feeling vulnerable because, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of, you know, being exposed or being like out in like the spotlight, you know, or is it, you know, um, something really, you know, am I, am I really exposed? Or the other thing with that card too, just going to say, if you want to put a positive spin on it, it could be that now that you've got your, your app out there that you are getting exposure and you are exposed and that's not a bad thing. So I think, you know, with everything, there's always a, you know, like there's another way to look at, at, at that. So maybe exposure is not, or exposed is not such a bad thing, 
but how you take it is very interesting. You know, like that's the thing that comes up. So I wonder if you were, if you were somebody who was not feeling vulnerable or if you were not having an issue where you're like, Oh, I'm scared about this. If you were like, yeah, I'm got, I've got this, you know, like whatever you'd be like, yeah, it is exposed. I'm out there now get that app. Right. But I I think it kind of calls to question your, your state of mind. It does. And, you know, so the gift of it for me was this, because I hadn't sat down long enough to acknowledge that I was feeling a little bit vulnerable. And had I not had the moment of reckoning then, where I was seated by myself in my practice, I get this card, I I ponder the card. Had I not had that, I almost without a shadow of a doubt would have ended up snapping at my kids or picking a fight with my partner or doing something totally unrelated, it seems. But whatever that like scary, fearful feeling is would just come out in another way. And the for me, one of the gifts of like working with these cards that kind of whatever card you draw, it's going to pull out what's in your brain. It doesn't actually matter what it says on the card or in the book, right? It's just going to pull out what you're grappling with. And so the gift is, oh my God, I have the time and the space and the energy to grapple, to pay attention, to be awake, to like make a choice of how I want to respond to this. And it can be so tempting when you don't get the love rainbow sunshine cards to be like, I'm just going to stick this back in the deck and keep going. But I really find the longer I sit and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to accept whatever comes out of this deck at me, the more valuable the, the moment is for me in some way. Yeah. I mean, like, it's kind of like if you think about your head being full of strings, right? I mean, each string representing a a situation or an issue or something that's going on in your life. And then when you pull on the deck, it's like, oh, the, it just pulls that string, you know, like whatever, you know, like the exposed string or the, you know, wrath string, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, it brings to light, but it's funny because you said that, um, you might have snapped at your kid or it's like, oh my God, that's displacement. So that card in there, displacement is all about that. Where when we're in a a shame spiral, when we're so stressed out about something else and then like the kiddo comes over and says, mom, I need help with homework. And you're like, no, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I have no idea what you mean. I never do that. I'm like, I can't help you. (laughs) I know. Oh my God. My poor, my poor child. She understands displacement too much from, from me um, because it has absolutely nothing to do with them, nothing to do with them. But when I see that card, I'm like, oh, you know what? I've got some apologizing to do and I need to figure out why I'm letting a stress impact a relationship in such a, a way. You know what I mean? Like, why am I doing this? where is that, where is that stemming from? Where is that, that, um, that emotion coming from? Because it literally has nothing to do with homework. It has to do with, oh my God, I'm stressed out about not getting this project done, or I'm stressed out because I got an email from somebody who was really not nice to me, an email, and they were probably having a crappy day. And, you know, it's like, it just sort of travels downstream, you know? And so uh, displacement, when I see that card, it's a check. And then now, like I think about a lot, like not all the time, but I do think more consciously after making that card, like, Ooh, am I displacing my anger or am I displacing my stress or my shame? You know, 
and am I putting it to somebody else or putting it on somebody else? So, I mean, I think that's a, that's a hard one, <laughs> you know, cause it's, you, you got to remember it in the moment, but um, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing about this deck. I think in, I've had people tell me with the crow, the crow tarot that it gives such accurate readings that it freaks them out. And I, I only go to my crow tarot deck <laughs> when I am not afraid of what the crows are going to tell me. Oh, <laughs> what a beautiful <laughs> you reminder. You know what I mean? Like when I'm ready to accept what they tell me, <laughs> I mean like now, like what I have been doing, like for my own personal readings, like I will use like the roar decks. I feel like the ladies are a little bit nicer. Um, they might have like a nicer way of telling me the same thing, you know, whereas the crow deck will be brutally honest and same thing like the urban crow that one too. Um, and then I have like the guardian of the night. That one is very positive. And my dog deck is positive too. Like it tends to be in the cat. I mean, like all, I think all of my decks are intuitive and for the people who they really like people who really love dogs or people who really love cats. Um, it's like, that's their go-to deck, you know? Um, I have found like that the roar deck, has been very good as far as being honest without being like, I mean, like it, it's very helpful. It's a very soothing energy. It's a very, it's, you know, it's like, it's a feminine energy, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I mean, I just love, I just love each and every one of these women so much. And they all just brought, like, they just bring like such a different, um, a different story, you know, and, and, and energy in itself, you know, like I Absolutely. need Julia Child today to help me. Ooh, I love that. So tell tell us what that means to you. Tell us what Julia Child means to you. Oh, well, a couple of things. Like one, I really need help with a new dinner idea. So I really would like her to help me make something interesting and not just um, our standard fare. Like I always fall back on like I make veggie um, fried rice. That's our like my, my fallback um, or pasta. We don't eat meat. So it's like um, we don't we eat a lot of pasta and rice. But also with Julia Child is to embrace the mistakes. So don't dwell on like, if you make, if you do, if you're doing something and it doesn't come out perfect, don't scrap it, you know, just embrace the mistakes and love the, the randomness of it all, you know, and learn from it, move, move on, you know? So I have to remember that with her. It's like life, not, not everything is perfect. So, well, MJ, your decks are such a total gift. Thank you so much. Thank you for having a conversation with me today. This has been a complete delight. Such a pleasure to meet you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nice to meet you too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.